You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 99 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. On today's episode, we speak with makeover veteran and former spotlight rider Rachel Ramsey about her newest horse and how she decided to partner with her dad for this year's Thoroughbred Makeover. We get the inside scoop of the day in the life of a track photographer with Eclipse winner Wenny Woolley. And last but never least, we're joined by Leandra Cooper from New Vocations to bring you an adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I feel like I have been living vicariously through you on your Instagram because I'm just watching you like really start to prepare for all the baby cows that are going to be coming in just a short couple of weeks. They are coming. We did the math again based on like when the bull went out and when the cows went out and we should be yeah, calving like as early as this weekend. We'll see. I mean, they're cows, right? So they just, they make up their own time. So (laughs) I'm like, I really can't wait for all the calf spam that's going to be coming in, but yes. And the listeners said yes. A hundred percent poll response said, heck yes, baby cows. So thank you listeners. We need that positivity in the world. All the baby animals we can put on Instagram. We should. Yeah. Until I buy a thoroughbred breeding farm, the baby cows is the best I can offer. (laughs) I'll take it. They're so cute. And I just have been enjoying it because it's almost like I have a friend who participates in Yellowstone with all, like there's not as much drama. You have drama, but you're not coming in with black eyes. (laughs) Yeah. And it's all like baby mama drama. Like we'll go out there and be like, whose kid is this? And they'll all stare at us like, I don't know. You know, so that's the limit of the drama, which is nice. So really you're just playing like your own reality version of Maury. Like who's the father? Who's the mama? Yeah. Father's easy because there was only one bull, but the mama part is shockingly hard. You'd be surprised you go out there because, you know, they, they're, they can't, they're they're not like mares who are like viciously guarding the baby. It depends. So sometimes that's how we figure it out. We'll be like, I guess we're going to tag its ear then. And then all of a sudden one cow will come like screaming out of the herd and you're like, oh, shoot, you know, but then you know who it belongs to. So (laughs) yeah, we would like to, you know, ideally witness every birth, but sometimes like they'll do that at three in the morning and we're not, you know, out there camping out all night. So uh, we have our heifers in the barn. We brought them in last weekend. So the heifers are the first year, like, maiden cows mm-hmm. who are going to have their first calf. Um, so those ones we do like to keep in the barn in case, you know, they need any assistance or, you know, don't know what to do once they have it. Cause sometimes they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, they didn't know what they signed up for. So oh um, yeah. And then the well, older cows get to rough it out in the field. So, which is normal for cattle. That's just sort of, you know, how they work. So, so interesting. Well, I'm excited for it. And how have you acclimated your horses? I mean, I know some of them, this is not their first calving rodeo, but on the times that you have, do they get like weirded out by seeing little cows? So I know my thoroughbred can handle adults, which I know are different, but when she sees little people, like she does not understand children. 
<laughs> everything funny. becomes very questionable once it gets smaller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because the, the baby calves, you know, as they're sort of like toddling around, they don't understand what a horse is immediately. So some of them are like, oh, hello, you know, and they come mm-hmm. sort of wobbling over and they'll, they're not aggressive, but like, you know, they're like, like heavy sniffing, you know, and the horses yeah. sometimes jobbers like, because he's, he's like, it's supposed to be afraid of me. And this thing is aggressively smelling me. But uh, generally, like, you know, the, the calves learn pretty quick to just sort of take their lead from mom. Um, mm-hmm. We did have a really old horse that my mom gave me actually, when she was ready to move on to something with a little more pep in its step a couple of years ago. And so we were riding him out every day and he was like about 25 and saw his first calf and he lost his mind, like <laughs> screaming and running in well, circles. Like, and yeah, like we're like some horses seeing their first mini horse. Like, yeah, they just it's like still a horse friend. They're like, nah, that's not a horse. No. Yeah. And he wasn't <laughs> afraid of it, but he was like, let me see it. And finally we found one that wasn't real shy and we let him go and smell it and then he sort of like sighed happily and closed his eyes and then ever since then he had been fine it was very very strange behavior Interesting. so yeah yeah but yeah these guys now are they're pretty used to it and sometimes they can be helpful too you know because the horses they'll see and mm-hmm. sense the calves before we can find them sometimes you know so they'll be looking at a spot for a while and you sort of follow follow the ears and you're like oh there's a calf over there so i love so they that. are they're effective tools for sure as well yeah. as fun to ride. <laughs> so. Well, I have to say I am living vicariously through you because your life is just full of content and it's so entertaining in the best types of place. Well, your life is too. You know, you've got a lot going on. I feel you've like I've got a, got a lot week. going on. I feel like I haven't <laughs> been on social media as much because there's so much going on. But uh, I have really been having a lot of fun with my horse, um, with the weather kind of breaking and my schedules slowly starting to open up. She's, I've definitely let her know her new role is to be my like decompression project. I was like, please know you are therapy now. Like I'm kind of in that uh, meme space of like, you better fix my whole life. You little, you know, (laughs) my horse is under under a lot of pressure. I'm like, Hey, I put a lot of money into this. Just keep me sane for this amount of time. Then we'll work. She carries a lot on her back. You had a yeah. good lesson though the other night, didn't you? I did. Um, well, mostly. <laughs> so she's been like really calm, even with, you know, a couple days breaks in between. And she's seeming to really enjoy work and we're bringing her in at a moderate pace. So like just pushing enough, but giving her a lot of space, knowing her stifles aren't as strong as they could be. And like definitely our cardio levels are, we're matching cardio levels and they are not strong, <laughs> but that's okay. So we're both kind of getting riding fit together again. And it's been really nice. And so I signed up for a lesson because I'm onboarding in a new job right now. I'm like, I just need to go have some fun. I just want to have a good ride with my horse. And for those who don't know, Kristen and Colleen, our friend Colleen, Nolan Tran, and our friend Ashley, I always say your last name incorrectly. Franceschi? Yeah, Francesi. Francesi. See, I do you're, it every time. You're getting closer. I'm getting closer. It's just a phonetic thing when I stare at it. It's not because I don't love her. <laughs> it's just how my brain's interpreting things. Anyway, we have a group chat. And in this group chat, right before my lesson, everyone's horses are wild and <laughs> out. Everyone's talking about it. And I'm like, you keep those vibes far away from my lesson. You just keep it away until seven o'clock. And then Colleen's like, well, my thoroughbreds are being good because everyone's standard breads are whiling out. I was like, okay, sounds good. Like I'm going in with good vibes. And 
90% of the lesson was really positive vibes. She was super willing and quiet. We don't even have to lunge. Like she just came on out. She's like, tell me what I'm doing until the last 10%. Once we're getting to the end of the lesson (laughs) and my horse has interesting temper tantrums when she's tired or like starting to feel a little sore. And I do like to call it, I asked for like two steps extra, just that little push to get stronger than I, I try not to get greedy. And I'm like, okay, no, you're not tired, tired. We're just feeling the tired the same way I feel in my last like few minutes of a run where I'm like, oh, screw this. And <laughs> normally she like stomps her feet really hard or she like jigs like a parade horse, like a saddlebred <laughs> type of thing. And I'm like, that's fine. Do your temper tantrum. Well, I just asked for a trot, like we were practicing sitting trot. And she has decided it was enough. And she tried to like fling her whole back into my head. So she like her, I saw the head circle up and we did a mini rear. And she's like, I'm gonna headbutt you. <laughs> I don't oh. care if you're in the saddle. <laughs> she's very expressive, isn't she? She definitely lets me know what she's feeling. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I we're like, done. no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I never punish her for expressing her herself. Like she's fully allowed to. I don't care. I want her to. So I'm like, okay, the last brain cell has gone out. We have said no. So (laughs) we left the building. (laughs) So I did make her trot like four or five strides and I let her free walk and just like stretch out. And then we called it. But I was just like, how flexible are you? Did I buy an Arab and I don't remember? Yeah. They're not supposed to bend that way. (laughs) It seemed very unnatural. And like my friend who was giving me the lesson looked at her and she's like, your horse has demons. <laughs> she needs to be exercised. <laughs> yeah. So I need to apparently invest in some sage and some holy water to keep in my tack locker moving forward. Yeah. Just but, get that little spritz before you go. You exactly. Know, exactly. So just another thing to invest in. But more importantly, what I will be investing in are good supplements to keep her moving forward and keep this growth going. So a great place to get great supplements, Kentucky Performance Products. And they are a premier sponsor. And we'll hear a quick little message from them now. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. 
This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Joy, I'm super excited to reconnect with one of our Making the Makeover Spotlight writers from last year with a twist. So we have Rachel Ramsey back with us today, as well as Rachel's dad, Richard, because they're doing a team entry. I'm so excited about this. So I love this. So how did you guys get involved as a team? Like what, what possessed you to be like, dad, join me this year? Or did dad ask to join you? Rachel. Oh no, I, I dragged him in. Well, he, <laughs> he's been with there every year with me. He's been my right-hand man. He's fixing things up and bringing me ropes that I forgot at the trailer or whatever. And so last year I kept begging him about doing it. And then this year I said, I sent in your application. I hope you know you're going. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Richard, is this like just normally how things go in this family? Does she just do things like this to you all the time? Oh, I tried to tease her because I have a meal. I said, you, you need to incorporate my mule into the show somehow. <laughs> I would love that. Awesome. That's, that's a freestyle that's exactly, I would come see. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Rachel's a take charge kind of person. Well, you know, somebody's got to drive this ship. So that's great. <laughs> I just so, want to compliment Richard really quick on being like the ultimate horse show dad. I'm just like, my dad would have given me so much grimace to track him to the thoroughbred makeover, but good on you, Richard, like really applauding you. It, it's a little bit of a thing to get your dad involved because I made my dad volunteer one year at the makeover. So he actually drove the box truck from Kentucky back to Baltimore <laughs> and he's, he doesn't live in either city. He just flew out, drove the box truck and went home. Aww. So, so we're familiar with this phenomenon. So yeah, welcome. Uh, welcome to the team, Richard. <laughs> So, Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to meet you in Kentucky. Um, so, Rachel, now we know that you're taking Slambone. I think we mentioned that at the end of last year's sort of like makeover cycle because you uh, adopted him before. But I know that you have a second horse because I've been, you know, creeping on your social media. Tell us a little bit about your bay. He's super cute. He is super cute. Um, New Vocations posted about him. And I, I really try not to follow their stuff because I'm like, I do not need another horse, but I don't know. It, it happens. And so I saw him and I immediately called the trainer out there and I was like, mm, put my name down for him. I was like, I don't know anything about him. I just saw his picture. And I was like, all right, I want that one. So I went and picked him up two weeks later. What's his name? I-Beam is his papered name and we call him Beamer. Oh, I beam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He and is he's, very cool. he's older. He's uh, 10 now, um, but he didn't run his first race till he was three. He had just a very slow career. I, I think he only ran, I don't know, less than 20 times and didn't win very much money, but just his owners were very intentionally slow with him. Mm. And do you guys know which horse yet you're taking for your team horse and which one, how your guys are working that out? You know, dad's in love with Beamer. And so (laughs) it'll probably, I know, it'll probably end up being that one. But um, I'm kind of putting it off until the last minute to see which area each horse will excel in. Mm -hmm. Dad does really good on trail type stuff. And so we're probably going to do a team entry for ranch riding and competitive trail. So that's kind of the thoughts. And so I just need to pick the horse that's going to do best for that. Nice. So Richard, what drew you to like trail and obstacle work? I had a, a horse as a young person used to ride it to school and tie it up out in the field. Um, 
years ago, I wanted to get back into running again, and always my dream to uh, be hunting. I wanted a mule, and my daughter tried to talk me out of it. That was uh, 10 years ago, and uh, Sally, my mule, and I uh, got involved in doing obstacle. And uh, we've been running and picked up a quarter horse and a pony for my wife and been riding ever since. Oh, I love that. Now, I don't have a lot of mule experience, but I feel like if you can bring a mule along, you're going to be all set with a thoroughbred, personally. Are they tricky? Uh, Mules are very, very smart, and it takes a little while to build a relationship with them, but once you do, there's no looking back. Um, I love that. But they're they're a very, very smart animal, and it takes a, a little different training on a mule than a horse. So how are you liking the thoroughbreds so far? Oh, the, the the Beamer is very, very quick. I've just been very impressed at uh, how back he is for, uh, for to try anything you ask him to do for a third. Um, so very, very impressive horse. Oh, can't wait to see you guys in action. Looking forward to it. It'll be an exciting event. So now you've gotten to watch now what two makeovers before so this so it's it, the third time is the charm i guess for getting you involved as a trainer what are your impressions <laughs> of the show that you've seen you know in in attending with rachel before uh very very, very busy uh, from the time you get up in the morning it doesn't stop until late in the evening it's very impressive with the skill of uh, the uh, and the dedication the people that bring the thoroughbreds for her makeover and very impressive what they accomplish in such a short time. Yeah, it is, you know, I've been to many now at this point and it every year it's still the same, you know, just a amazing array of skills and talents and versatility in the horses. So this is really cool to hear, you know, that you've gotten to see it now from multiple sides and now you'll get to experience it as a trainer. So that's great. So yeah. Rachel, what are you looking forward to this year, you know, doing this with your dad? I, I'm excited about the adventure, being able to share. I mean, like I said, we've been together every year and he's been my neat backup guy for everything, but it'll be fun to experience the showing competitive part. He's very competitive, even though he says he's not. So that part of it will be entertaining. So it's and then I'm competing against each other then. Right. I already, every time we go to a show, especially with his mule, I make sure we don't ride in the same class because he kicks my butt every time. <laughs> I love that. Every time. I was going to ask yes. Rachel, what is the biggest strength your dad's bringing to your team? You know, just consistency and down to earth. He's very practical and comes up with a plan and executes the plan. So it's, it's fun because we can go in and say, this is what we're going to do it. And he makes it happen. Yeah, I'm getting that vibe. Yeah. I think we're all going to be following Richard around. At I think week. so. I was like, I'm <laughs> right. going to hire your dad to help me with my training plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out how to incorporate his mule in, into a freestyle or something, apparently, so she can go. That oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, people are going to freak out. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> They'll be like, you can't, you can't have that mule here. <laughs> oh, we get that every, everywhere we haul somewhere. Oh, I bet. <laughs> very entertaining. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, Richard, same question for you. What strength does Rachel bring to your team? Uh, from the time Rachel was uh, a young person, she has always been a take charge. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's her strength. She 
she sees what needs to be done and shows you how to do it. And uh, I call we've always called her a horse whisperer because she's she's that talented with horses. Oh, that's really lovely. Love this. Oh, this is touching. Like. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like my dad's so always great. been like, oh, you know, yeah, do the horses. That's fun. Like he's supportive, but we've never done it together. So like this is just so nice to hear. You know, yeah. And <laughs> I hear the and pride. I, we can't do it together because we're both controlling and we both like things a very certain way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's it's gonna be a little bit probably of an emotional journey for me too because. My dad came out to the very first makeover just after my mom passed. And so we've probably spent a lot more time riding together over the past few years, probably because of that. Well, horses are such good healers. So it's so nice that you guys can share that, you know, and yes. And yeah, have that time together. So yes, that's absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Well, I yeah. have my sentimental pick for the makeover now. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, I'm going to be looking out for Rachel and Richard to get those photos and just to meet you both. Well, obviously, Rachel, we've met, but I want to meet your dad. Yes, yes, <laughs> he's fun. Yeah, poor Rachel will be like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. But where's Richard? I know, <laughs> we're all going to pass by. And then we were like, okay, we've met Richard. Now, where's the mule? <laughs> I know. I'm scared to bring her because she'll outshine all the thoroughbreds there. It's okay. I'm curious to see how many thoroughbreds have seen a mule and what their response is. I know. We might, get, we might get kicked out just for having the mule there. Yeah, especially if she really lets one rip. Is she a loud mule? <laughs> Um, yeah, when, yep. <laughs> oh no. I can't wait. <laughs> but I, I think sure. you guys just set me up for success. I'll just have my horses desensitize the mule and then bring her and then we're yeah. good. Just don't parade in with that thing. You'll be good to go. <laughs> Kristen, you can correct me, but I don't think there's ever been a mule at the thoroughbred makeover, especially in a freestyle routine. Uh, Not that I okay. can recall. No, Somebody no had a Zebu, one of those little, um, it's something in the cattle family and it was halter broke and they were leading that thing around the year I did oh. the makeover and people were very mad about that. So <laughs> see, I don't want, I don't need to create drama. <laughs> I feel like you could do a very, like, obviously you won't do this idea. Cause I said it on air, but like, uh, you know, I can do anything better than you type of routine. Like you can have some real fun with it. <laughs> oh, yes. then, yeah. Then you guys have to swimming. switch. Like just synchronize. Um, yeah, I know. Right. Synchronize synchronize there we yeah. go. Yeah, I love that. Well, we can't wait to follow along with this. Are you going to be posting updates on your Facebook page, Rachel? Yes. 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 Okay. I just took Beamer to his second show um, last weekend and he was fantastic. We did a little ranch riding and rode in seven classes and he pulled two first and a third out of a few of the classes. So I was really happy with him. Yeah. Fun. Considering the one before I had to get off of him because he couldn't keep his brain together. (laughs) Well, you know, it's fine. We escorted ourselves out of the class. (laughs) (laughs) He was, he was like creating expectations. He's like, if I set the bar really low. Then it can only right. go up from here. So he's a smart, <laughs> there you go. a smart lad. <laughs> that <Yes. beaver. laughs> awesome. Well, you're going to have to post a selfie when uh, you and Richard and the horses get together again, mm-hmm. um, because yes. now we'll have lots of listeners wanting, wanting to see the man behind the voice. So perfect. Um, we'll make sure the mules in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and remind us one more time, what uh, the name of that Facebook page is for listeners who want to follow along for our horses of North Texas. Wonderful. Well, Richard and Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Richard, it was lovely to meet you over the podcast. And uh, we will look forward to meeting you guys in Kentucky and cheering you on in person. Thank you for yes, the opportunity. Thank you. 
All right, you guys, this was super fun. So have a good, safe, fun preparation, and we'll see you in October. Thank Thank you. Thank you again. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp-looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You bet. Yeah. Fly, fly that's protection what we all, what's, is always That's it. how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah, many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the, it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Joy, I'm very excited for our next guest, who's become a little bit of a friend of mine. We have with us today, Wendy Woolley, who is now an Eclipse Award-winning race photographer. Um, She shoots pretty much all aspects of the thoroughbred industry from birth to racing to thoroughbreds at stud. Um, So she's here with us today to talk about the life of the racing photographer. So Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Fun to be here. How does that feel to have Eclipse award-winning photographer to your name? Oh my God. It's a little bit like surreal, but I'm very excited. I mean, it's, it's to have this award is just, you know, I've tried for so many years and then to finally have one that actually wins. You're like, Whoa, is that really me? It's me. You know, it's <laughs> it's <kind> you. Of- <laughs> It's it's very exciting. It is. How does that process work? Do you nominate a photograph, or does Racing Press nominate a photograph? Like, I'm not actually familiar with how the the media Eclipse Awards work. Well, for um, at least for photography, I can speak about the photography. You're allowed to submit two entries, and it has to have been published. So, uh, posting something up on Twitter or on Facebook does not count. It has to be published in a publication. So our outlet has been the Pollock Report, which is an online publication. So that counts. And uh, they put the photo up. This year, I only submitted one photo. I usually submit two, but I'm like, I don't have anything I really feel really good about. And uh, the other, they have a couple other rules. It has to be like a significant moment in racing or maybe monumental. I'm not exactly sure on the wording, but something 
uh, big in racing. So this, that whole incident I felt was sort of big in racing since it went on and on and <laughs> <Sure> on <was. laughs> with the, with the news, you know, first it was the elbowing and he claimed it was a, his saddle slipped. And then it was the shoe gate on uh, hot rod Charlie. And anyways, so I thought, well, this is kind of a, you know, big thing in racing. So I submitted it and uh, I loved personally, I like, I like, all the detail that I caught in that, that whole, really the whole series, I got them going all the way down the stretch, elbows and knees going into Tyler Gaffleone. And it was, it was kind of, I I was probably the only one that really knew that he was doing that elbowing so much. When I went in, nobody else, nobody saw it from the outside of the track. Oh, wow. And uh, you really had to be kind of head on to see it. Cause he'd get down really, he would get down really low on the horse and, and throw an elbow and, and a knee and, you know, he just lost balance when he claims the saddle slip, saddle never slipped. He just lost balance. Yeah. Well, Which, I mean, when you're riding like that, <laughs> that'll happen. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> As a dressage rider myself, I'm like, oh, he's, you know, hurting the horse with the balance thing. <laughs> but, yeah. You have to figure that's going to throw him off balance. So yeah. for listeners who haven't seen this photograph, and of course we're, we're now talking about a visual medium, which is always fun, but this, winning photograph was that head-on shot. And that was in, was that in the Clark handicap? It was the Lucas classic. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, head-on shot of Rich Strike and Sonny Leone and Hot Rod Charlie with Tyler Gaffleone. Yep. And, and that, Sonny, yeah, that Sonny's throwing infamous. elbows everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's an epic shot. I mean, it's, you know, it's just amazing. Yes. The detail you captured and, you know, that head on look. And I feel like that is that kind of a specialty shot of yours that head on. I feel like I see a lot of, you know, beautiful works from you of that nice head on both at the start and the finish. Uh, yeah. My equipment is um, I have a big glass. I have a 600 millimeter lens and it's huge. It's probably as big as me. And so when you have something that big, you kind of need to place yourself to get a good shot. So that typically is going to be uh, the head on. So you get really cool shots uh, of the horses coming around the first turn, if it's a two turn race, and then you get the finish as they come down the stretch. And so not everybody has that kind of glass. So, uh, you know, you kind of put yourself where, where it's going to be utilized the best. And so that's typically where I shoot you know, sometimes I get a little bit tired of shooting the same thing over and over again. But then when I see the detail and the dirt flying and all that, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. (laughs) So, so I like to, uh, you know, I, I, once in a while I'll, I'll try and shoot something a little bit different, but nothing's like getting the horses coming down the stretch like that. And, uh, particularly the first time by is kind of my personal favorite because, the horses aren't tired yet. They just started the right. race and they're clean is another yeah, thing. That's helpful. when they're kind yeah. When they're coming down to the finish line, they're so dirty and uh, with the dirt all over them. And some of the horses are a little bit tuckered out. So they don't have that intense look that they have when they're coming by the first time. Mm. But, you know, I like both, you know, all depends on what happens. And if we can only do something to get the jockeys to give a little more jubilation in races, big races, that would be nice. (laughs) Not everybody does that. I'm a big fan of uh, Joe Bravo and then more, more recently, James Graham, who just won the Rebel. 
James Graham, his face just lit up and he was so excited and he's cheering to people actually hanging out of a balcony at a bar at the casino, which is a little bit far away. He's waving to them and it was fun. It was just fun he just to get those kind of reactions out, oh, of, out of the people. <laughs> well, and that's what makes like sports photography, you know, so fascinating is the the human emotion, you know. I mean, we yeah. can argue, you know, the horses do or don't know what they're doing. You know, it's that's that's a whole other debate. <laughs> but yeah, that that human side and that emotion side is really cool yeah, to capture. So yeah, it is fun. It's it's not always easy. You, you got to be at the right place when you see something. And uh, but yeah, it is. It's fun. It's fun when somebody is so excited and you know jumping up and down and seeing all that emotion. And you know, and you know, in defeat too to see mm. see some of that emotion too. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't think about that, right? Like, you know, yeah, we think about the the jockey fist pump at the finish, but yeah. Yeah. Like one of my favorite shots uh, during the Breeders' Cup was Cody's Wish and the jockeys did a little fist pump at the end because they oh, knew. Oh, yeah. I loved that. So Breeders' Cup, actually, that was kind of a riot because I, I was there on Saturday at Breeders' Cup this past year and it was super windy. And I remember I snagged you as you're walking back and forth in that endless parade of photographers. Yeah. And you, uh, you mentioned you have a tent in the infield with your husband, Matt, which I thought was hilarious. Were you guys just hanging out in there like between um, races when it was super windy? <laughs> well, it's, um, so we, this is terrible to say, really, it's really hard <laughs> for us to, well, for me, I'm the one we have a little, Matt and I kind of have a little routine. I'm the one that will edit and send photos in between the races. And it's hard for me to make it back in time to my position. If I mm. go up to the press box at Keeneland, which is uh, four stories up Oh my! <laughs> and, you know, to wait for an elevator or usually what I would do when I would go up there is uh, take the stairs and it's, uh, you know, with all my gear. So we set up behind the bushes at Keeneland uh, we just set up a little, uh, it's called a little clam. It just pops together real quickly. It's a little six by six tent and we stake it down for the wind and I would send edit and send from there. It's a lot faster for me to do that uh, than to try and get up to the media center. So anyways, we did that and it turned out it's, it's turned out to be kind of a little bit of a lifesaver for us and, um, Keeneland even set up a tent for some other photographers uh, that are mostly shooting from the inside of the track. So they don't have to cross. Anyways, it, it, it turned out to be really great because we were sheltered. We, uh, we can get our work done and I could get back in time because I mean, it is hard running back and forth in between the races to try and send for your publications. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we're not just running to the bathroom at the Breeders' Cup in between and, races. <laughs> and so for the Breeder, yeah, and for the Breeders' Cup, I'm shooting for the Breeders' Cup. I'm part of the team with oh, the Clip okay. Sports Wire, and so you know, I have to, I got to get my stuff out there for them, and and uh, it's just you know, so like you, well, you were like one of them as I go cruising on by. It's like, hey, I'm in a hurry. Hey, hi, I can't talk. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hello, enjoy the day. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you're on the job. So it's the same way I am at the makeover when people are trying to flag me down and I'm like, hi, great. Hello. See ya. You know, okay, gotta go. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> yep, that's how it works. But there's so much more that goes into, you know, this position than just having a camera. It sounds like, I mean, 
it's a oh, lot of a lot of yeah. gear, but then a lot of just thinking about all these moving parts. Yeah, like so Matt and I, between the two of us, he's got his handheld, and then maybe I think he had four cameras in the starting gate. Four, five, and then I've got two cameras, so that's six and seven cameras. Uh, if, between just the two of us, I think seven or eight cameras is usually what we're we're shooting with when we go to the races. Oh so it's a lot of editing and uh, trying to get that stuff out for people right away. And uh, you know, it's just you know, it's it's a lot of work. I, I really, honestly, don't know how any photographer can be overweight. Cause it's a workout <laughs> the amount of running around. <laughs> it is such a workout and uh, going underneath the, the rails and then being out in the elements too. You know, we don't get to choose what kind of weather we're shooting in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, yeah, they race in all weather, which means you're out there in all weather. Correct. Point. Yeah. You know, it makes some, for some really cool race, race shots, you know, the rain and the mud and all that, but it's, you are miserable, especially if it's cold rain. It's just miserable. But uh, but then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, wow, look at this really cool shot, you know, so. Well, and that's one thing I love about you. You know, like every time you went by, you were still grinning. It was very obvious that you were happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doing I love, what you love. <laughs> I, I do. I love it. I love I love the work. I, I like the, you know, the people that I'm working with, uh, the crew at Keeneland, the regular photographers there, we're all, we get along great. And uh, I mean, it's just so nice to have a nice group of people that you're working with and we all sort of help each other out. We know what each person's kind of doing, what their little gig is, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we, it's, we give each other a little bit of a hard time, good naturedly. And it's a fun group. So I really enjoy being there. Keeneland's my, my home track and Keeneland's my favorite track because Mm -hmm. of that. Uh, When you go to some of these big races, like the triple crown, any of the triple crown races, you get so many more photographers and they're all coming from their different areas. And you just don't have that kind of camaraderie that you might get uh, when you're just shooting the regular meet races and at your home track. So, I, you know, I don't know what it's like at Saratoga or, right. but I would imagine it's similar, you know, so, you know, those group of photographers probably all get along great. And, it's almost you know. like, you know, they have the jockey colony. There's almost a photographer colony then too, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's, and- that's a great analogy. Yeah, exactly. We yeah, do. That's fun. And, uh, you know, so it's a, uh, it's fun. We're competitive. Don't get me sure. wrong, but, uh, but we, we do have a really, uh, a good time and, and you feel at least, you know, kind of part of a team. We like feeling part of a team to bring racing to the masses in a really pretty way. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty and artistic way. Yeah. Now, and I've noticed too, you take a lot of photos during morning works at Keeneland as well, not just at the races. Is that part of, you know, like a, shooting for a particular client or do you guys just do that for fun? Like how does the, how's the workout part come into play? Well, recently uh, we've been hired to photograph some horses for owners so they can put stuff up on social media. Mm. So that's kind of a new thing that's happening for us in our business. I don't know about how other people go, but for us, it's fairly new and uh, and it's interesting little deal you know you go out there in the mornings and get the horses doing their thing 
whatever that is, you know, if they're working that day or maybe they're doing uh, gate schooling that day or we try to contact the trainers and set up something for when we go out so that we don't catch them off guard or mm. uh, some trainers are easier to get in touch with than others. Uh, but usually the staff that's with the horses, the people actually handling the horses every day are very accommodating and nice. And we haven't had anybody that's been a real, real problem. Uh, but sometimes a horse, when we think is going to be there, they're not. <laughs> that happened. But we go in and we're talking to, to the, um, like the head groom at this one barn and, and he goes, uh, no, he went to Turfway. And we're like, oh, mm, that's about an hour, 15 minutes away from us. <laughs> we're not going to make that. <laughs> so, you know, there's always that kind of stuff. And, uh, but we have, that's kind of fun. We have fun. We've been uh, pocket aces races. If anybody follows them, we've been doing some video work for them. And that's really cool. What's fun about it is that we can be really artsy. And if it doesn't work, it's very little pressure. So if it doesn't yeah, work, hosting. it just doesn't work. If um, if it does work, it's amazing and, and they love it. And so it's uh, it's kind of fun because we can be a little more creative than usual. So the mornings when we do go back out there, it's usually uh, the other reason besides a client would be that we bought new equipment and we want to test it out. <laughs> so we go out there with our new gear. We act like total geeks and like, Oh, look at that. Oh, look, we can do this. And <laughs> it's, it's fun. We got to put our, our gear through the paces and make sure we understand how it works before it really matters. So more morning workouts are always good for that. And it's kind of fun. Uh, to do that. And yeah, I've been see. following the uh, the journey with the new GoPro equipment you guys just invested <laughs> in. So that's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I think Matt's waiting for GoPro to make him an ambassador. <laughs> they should. They you guys should. Are putting out you some know? cool stuff for sure. Yeah, we, we, we are having some fun with that. And uh, yeah, Matt likes putting that. Uh, that it's just a tiny little camera, but uh, we got an okay from the gates guys to put it in the starting gate and it's just a little tiny little thing and it fits underneath the gate and you get the horses with the dirt flying as they come out of the gate uh, but when they're gate schooling not every you know if it's a little if it's a baby horse which is what we have mostly right now at Keeneland are two-year-olds so they're just kind of learning some things and they'll open up the gate quietly like hand open it and the horses just trot out you know it's not nearly as dramatic as what some of the older horses that are a little more trained will get the whole shebang and that's really kind of cool so once in a while we get something with the whole shebang but yeah it's fun it's it's a it's a totally different look and it's super cool and you know hopefully we can take that to the races that's our that's what we hope. Don't, don't oh, yeah. tell it. Don't tell anybody. All right. That's a retired racehorse <laughs> radio exclusive, everybody. <laughs> now, and you guys shoot some bloodstock as well, right? What's your favorite? Is it the racing or the bloodstock or something else? Like what, what is, what's the favorite project that you have going? My favorite by far is the racing, but unfortunately horse racing photography alone isn't going to pay our bills. Mm -hmm. So uh, working at the horse farms is fun, but it's usually a little bit more drudgery type of work. 
I'm not alone in this feeling, but confirmation photography is the most boring job <laughs> on the planet, but yeah. it is very technical. And mm -hmm. I don't think people understand just how technical of a photograph it is. You know, you have to have the horse's feet in just the right way. Their neck has to be just the right way. You know, if their head is too high, that lowers their back too much. Uh, if they, if they lean forward, then they look like they're leaning forward. And I mean, right. it's very hard. And you only have so much time before uh, the animal, any animal, any type of animal photography, you only get so much time that the animal's willing to give you. So, you know, whether it's a dog or if it's a horse, you're not going to get them to be paying attention and doing what you want to do for very long. So you have to be pretty quick at knowing how to get them where you want. And we have a little bag of tricks that we've learned, you know, over the years, like, you know, horse sounds will get a horse to prick its ears real nicely and look in the direction you want them to look. But sometimes if it's a colt, it's going to make them too studdish and they'll become mm -hmm. upset by it. So you have to be careful about that. So we usually start out with sounds like a goat or a wild turkey <laughs> or something that's a little more low key and won't get them, you know, all too jazzed up. Wild, yeah. And then if that's not working, then I'll go to a horse whinny. But I also use in the natural horsemanship world a flag. And you can get, you know, you can put the flag and go over their face and nose and and then they'll follow you as you will back away. They'll follow and look at your flag. And that helps without getting them too riled up. Hmm. So, uh, you know, another tip, natural horsemanship at its best. It helps if you actually know a little bit about that kind of stuff uh, in doing photos, believe it or not. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, you don't want your confirmation shoot to be as exciting as the day at the races, right? That means something's gone very, very wrong. Very wrong, right? We <laughs> don't want it to be. And, you know, and we do confirmation photos for all ages. So sometimes it's a foal and that's really hard, uh, but they're smaller size. So sometimes you could just pick them up and put them right where <laughs> you want to. The animal. Yeah, you yeah. can kind of do that. And then uh, other times, you know, it'll be, you know, a two-year-old, uh, the sale horses, uh, believe it or not, are, are pretty well-trained. Uh, they'll, mm -hmm. they, they've been practicing. If by the time we come to shoot video and photos for the horse sales, those horses have been practiced being walked and to stand correctly so that they'll sell. I mean, that's like, so they're almost, they're pretty well-trained. And, uh, but sometimes, you know, they're, they're up if they've been up, kept up to stay clean and get being prepped and they're not getting the turnout time that they normally get, then sometimes that can be a little hard, but overall it's uh, the, the sale horses aren't too bad. And, you know, then weather, weather is always a big problem for us. You know, if the wind is blowing really hard, uh, you have to duct tape down the main <laughs> duct tape will stay on the hair, but it won't, it does, all it does is basically weight down the mane so it'll stay on one side. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> it, you know, you're not taping it to their, to the rest. It does, it, would, it won't stick anyways. It just kind of, it weights down the hair on one side so you can get a nicer shot. And uh, otherwise it's Photoshop and we'll Photoshop out the wild hairs that are blowing in the wind, which is never any fun. <laughs> 
not much. Oh fun. yeah. That sounds like a, a tedious <laughs> process. <laughs> yeah. So, so that kind of photography, it helps pay the bills a lot, especially uh, when horse sales time comes along, but it's not exciting. The what's fun and exciting is horse racing, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, yeah, we work at the farms and, uh, but one aspect of doing some of the farm work is uh, we, we had one job with Hillendale that was the most fun I've ever had on a, on a farm job. And that was because we were allowed to be artistic. And so I brought in my, my bad pony. I don't know if anybody's checked out our, our bad pony project, but um, mm-hmm. we do this really cool lighting and it, all these photos are taken in the middle of the day and preferably on a cloudy or dramatic cloudy day and we underexpose our cameras a whole lot. And then we pop our flash to make the subject bright. And it has some really cool effects. So Hillendale hired us to use that photography on all of their stallions. And we did some really cool work there. Um, they have it uh, on their website. You can check out their brochure that they have for the stallions And you can see all the artsy photos are with our lighting and what we did. And so we did a bunch of different areas uh, inside their stallion barn. I don't know if you've ever been to Hillendale, but it is the most beautiful farm on the planet. And it's where they filmed the movie uh, Seabiscuit. A lot of uh, a lot of shots were actually filmed at this farm. It's beautiful. (laughs) Like that scene where, Seabiscuit is galloping across and they're just trying to see what he had in him. And he just went galloping across the fields and running over a bridge and through a cemetery. That's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I didn't know that, that was at Hillendale. That's all at Hillendale. Yeah, it's just, it's an amazingly beautiful farm. And so it was fun to be able to, to shoot some of that stuff and, and, uh, you know, and see their amazing stallions that they have too. Curlin being one of my favorites. Oh yeah. He's a looker. Yeah. Oh, he's a looker. Even, even at his age, he's still like, it looks like he could just go right back out onto the track. He's beautiful. I love that. So we have a couple of listener submitted questions that I'd love to get to. Um, Katie asks, who has been your all-time favorite thoroughbred to photograph? My all-time favorite to photograph that's a hard one. I have so many that I like and for different reasons. Like one of my very favorite photos is an old photo that I took of Ghost Sapper. And I love Ghost Sapper, but uh, Ghost Sapper is an old guy now. But this photo I took of him when he was at Adina. And I think this photo might have been taken 11, 12 years ago. We were out at the farm in his paddock, and he was all man. He was just running around the field. And I was actually on the outside of the fence, and I had um, a big glass. Again, I had a 500-millimeter lens, and he saw me, and he's just looking at me, and he's saying to me, I am going to take you out. (laughs) <laughs> and he's coming straight at me and his muscles in his neck are all bulging, his mane's flying. And ah, it's such a beautiful photo. And 
but he was ready to take me out. He was just being a, he was just being a stallion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was safe at all times on the right side of the fence. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, but it was really cool shot. That's one of my favorite shots. And I just always loved ghost zapper. He's what a stallion. And, uh, I wish I had paid more attention to him during his racing career. I, I didn't. I wasn't that into racing at that time, but uh, man, what a horse. It's hard to predict the future, right? Like it's hard to know what horses out there now are going to be, you know, the next big thing at stud because it's not always the best race horses, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but I really, I I really, I really love Ghost Zipper. I also love Curlin. I'm a huge Curlin fan. And uh, I've got some nice photos of him. I was, when he was racing, I was just getting into photography and, you know, I, I look back on some of those photos. I'm like, Oh, what a dope I was. I, I didn't really quite have that. I'm so much better now. I have a lot of photos where I go, boy, I wish I could redo that now. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's just being a professional, right? You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> if I only knew, knew the stuff that I know now back yeah, then, but all the time, <laughs> but curling and, and it's been fun because we've been shooting for Hillendale. So I get to kind of, you know, progress and, and make amends with how badly I photographed him before. <laughs> I can get really cool artsy shots of him now. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I love American Pharaoh. Um, I got an honorable mention on an Eclipse Award with American Pharaoh winning the Breeders' Cup. And that was really cool. I love that shot. It looks like he's going to step out. It's just, it's American Pharaoh just coming through the finish line. And I have, I'm missing one hoof in the photo, but there's one that's up and it looks like it's literally going to step out of the image. Like he's coming right out of the image right to you. It kind of has that 3d effect. At least Mm -hmm. I think it does. And I, I love, I love that photo a lot. And we photographed American Pharaoh as a foal before he even had a name. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that was fun. And and so he was like, as we say, the horse that keeps on giving because, yeah. you know, we're uh, the museum, Kentucky Derby Museum bought our full photo of him for their museum. And, you know, that and then just to have all the racing images we have of him, followed him. But the nearest and dearest to me for personal reasons is blame. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Blame was the horse that uh, when I met my husband, we've got Blame like in all of his big races. It was every date I ever had with Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So, So he was, and on the day we got married, we ended up getting a call from the assistant trainer saying, well, blame's going to work this morning if you guys want to come out. And so on our, no, on our wedding day, (laughs) we went out and photographed blame working at Keeneland. And then we, then we went to our wedding and it was, it was just fun. So we probably, Matt and I are probably the only ones cheering for blame at the Breeders' Cup at Churchill Downs when, when he won the classic. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was very quiet, but, I was afraid to say anything, but just quietly to myself, I was just like, yay. Hooray. <laughs> you know what? You can't take it away from the horse, right? Like, you know, he's still won. Yeah, he won. <laughs> he won. 
Yeah, right. But uh, but anyway, yeah. so for personal reasons, I, I I really I enjoyed photographing blame. I love that. What <laughs> so. <laughs> so. All right, we have another question from Nicole, and I we've probably touched on parts of this, but we'll summarize it here. She wants to know the best and the worst parts of the job. The best parts of the job are the really cool horses you get to see and photograph and um, in cool action. The worst part about the job might be the pressure that you have to get that good shot. <laughs> and the, you don't mess up. You know, you don't, it's um, you don't get a, a redo on anything. So you don't want to, yeah, that's a good point. You, you don't want your uh, equipment to go bad or something to happen, you know, the right before a big race happens. And let me tell you, that's a real deal, you know, especially on these rainy days, because you could have uh, equipment short out or something. And uh, there's some pressure there. Let me tell you. So Ooh, that's giving me secondhand anxiety for you. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you, know, it, like, <laughs> you got it's it's worth it to buy uh, the expensive rain gear for your camera because mm-hmm. you know what's the use if you go all the way there and you the camera or the lens got wet and so now it's not working properly. You know you just don't you can't you can't afford to have that happen. So buy the rain gear for your equipment. You can get wet. Your rain, your gear cannot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can always go home and dry off. <laughs> right, right. Well, so. Wendy, this has been super fun. Um, where can people find your work? You know, just to browse and admire. Um, and where can they follow you on social media? Our horse racing work, in particular, you guys can find on our equisportphotos.com website. And if you want to. F- Follow us. We try to be good about social media, uh, but we're both, Matt and I are both a little bit better at social media on our personal ones. So you could find uh, Wendy Woolley. I'm the the real Wendy Woolley on Instagram and just <laughs> Wendy Uslack Woolley on Facebook, um, where we post a lot of our stuff. Uh, and then I also have, you like the artsy stuff check out my bad pony photos where we're also trying to do this second careers uh, project with thoroughbreds in their second careers and do with cool lighting and stuff that I was talking about earlier with the Hill and Dale horses. So you can uh, check those bad pony photos.com and equisport photos.com. Those would, those would be the two good ones to go to. I wish I was closer so I could run a cow through your light setup. Although there's a good chance it would take out your light setup. So well, next maybe, week, uh, maybe not. Next, <laughs> next week, fingers crossed, it all works out. But we're going to get uh, mounted shooting. Oh, that's going to be so cool! It will be very cool. We're very excited about that one. So, uh, and it's got a cool story that goes behind the whole, the whole thing. The the rider and the horse have a really great story, and. Um, the mountain shooting is going to be epic. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, keep an eye out for those photos. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should be hopefully next week. We get that. We need the weather to work for us. So, all right. Well, if the weather works, then by the time this episode comes out, you might have those photos. So, everybody, give yeah, Wendy a follow crossed. and take a peek. All right. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Wendy. All right. Thanks, Kristen. Kristen, this is such an exciting episode because it is episode ninety-nine. Do you know what that means? There's so much anticipation. <laughs> it's I coming. 
It's coming. We have made it. We have almost hit our hundredth episode. It's so crazy to think that it is our next episode. We have had a hundred of these. We just had our fourth birthday in February, which is insane, like full on bananas. And the fact we've hit a hundred episodes talking about strictly racehorses. Like, I don't think people thought we could do it. I really think people were like, what else are they going to talk about after the first year? (laughs) People really don't understand how much we can talk about racehorses. I think they really don't understand. It's crazy. But guess what? We have a hundredth episode and we hope to have a hundred more, but to celebrate our hundredth episode, you know, we couldn't have done it without all of you amazing listeners who support us and listen in and interact with us on a daily basis. So we would love, 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 love it. If you share your stories, your favorite episodes, um, anything you'd like about Retired Resource Radio, why you like to listen to it, you're welcome to send us an email. You can send it to joy at horseradionetwork.com. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Or if you love to be creative and get your voice on the show, you can use our new dial-in number and go ahead and leave us a voicemail and we will plug you into the next episode. That number is 313-403-4225. Again, 313-403-4225. So leave us a quick little blurb. We want to hear what you love most about the show, your fave horses, maybe about how it's changed your relationship with your horse. We want to hear it all. And thank you so, so much for supporting us all the way to our 100th episode. Listeners, mark your calendars. If you guys want to keep learning more about keeping your thoroughbred or standard bred or any other breed of horse happy and healthy, the Retired Racehorse Project is offering a free webinar on Tuesday, March 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's going to live stream on the RRP's Facebook page. Uh, it's going to have Alicia Harlov of the Humble Hoof, who we all know and love. Um, and it's called Developing Healthy Hooves. So it's about how you can set your horse up for hoof success. And then, of course, what is a realistic timeline to do so? Can you turn a horse around in a month or less? We'll find out. You can tune in for free that night. No reservations required. There's also Zoom information. If you go to the Retired Racehorse Project's Facebook page, you can learn more there. So, Joy, for this week's social segment, I'm going to crack myself up. I asked our followers, who is your horse's celebrity doppelganger and why? I love this question. This is and like a I fun thought died experiment. the answer. Yes. <laughs> and it, it happened, like, I think this is how this conversation always goes, right? Like, you know, it starts out like celebrity doppelganger, and then it turns into like character, which is kind of what I did because Wes, when mm-hmm. I adopted him from Ashley, she's like, oh, I think he looks like Sam the Eagle from the Muppets. And I was like, oh my God, yes, he does. So I guess that's kind of a character, but it's a Muppet. So it's also a celebrity. So. I'm going to... It counts. It yeah, really it counts. counts. And by the way, yes, he does look like that. He does. Yeah. Because normally he's just very disdainful looking and like yep. a little squinty like Sam the Eagle. So yeah, it's it's there. It's a thing. Yep. You should definitely so. tell Glenn. Um, Glenn, who runs Horses in the Morning and oversees all of the Horse Radio Network shows, is a huge Muppet fan. Oh, just- yeah. Okay. He needs to see this little horse then looking yes. disdainful. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, and I will have, you know, I, uh, last night like ran into the kitchen and was like, Eric, and he had to take out his earbuds cause he was cooking. And he was like, what? <laughs> Yours like, does that too. <laughs> yeah. He just like, he's in his zone. He's cooking and his thing on. And I was like, what? Like, who is Shorty? If Shorty was a, a celebrity or a character from a movie or a TV show. And he thought about it very seriously for a few minutes. And then he was like, 
I need to think about it and get back to you. And he still hasn't. So, so I don't know. He's putting a lot of thought into it. Yeah. He's like well, really working on this. So when I saw the question, I was like, who is Astrid? I'm like, who would she be? It's like, she is Rachel Green from Friends, like hands down, mm-hmm. like not even just the luscious, amazing hair of Jennifer Anderson, like, like full on personality, the way she looks at the world. It's like bright eyed, bushy tailed, but also kind of dramatic wants to have a lavish career, but also doesn't really want to work. Yeah, that's, yep. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds very accurate. (laughs) Yeah. So my horse would definitely be Rachel Green specifically from Friends. (laughs) Yeah. I think Jobber is Nick Miller from New Girl. He's like very talented, not always very motivated, and then is prone to just being like, what do you want? You know, at a moment's notice. So also like a little bit of a mansplainer. Yeah, a little bit, but then like also like never quite put together. Yeah. It's like, that's our jam. So, all right. So we got some great responses from our listeners. So as always, our girl Lee, the first one to respond. uh, (laughs) And this is hot girl summer, AKA Finn is ginger from black beauty minus the history of abuse. Thank you for including that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Black beauty is a read, not for the faint of heart, but I can see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And ginger, very sassy. So Mm -hmm. excellent choice. Uh, Colleen Nolan Cheddar is Conan O'Brien because of the red hair and his mane's little pompadour poof. (laughs) I was wheezing, but I have to say she messaged me because I reached out specifically after that one because I'm like, I'm dying and I need you to know that. She said his name is Cheddar Bay Biscuits O'Brien now. (laughs) I love when horses have full names. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's. I love that. Uh, MG Eventing responds, my horse is a dun and looks exactly like Spirit from the animated movie. I hope including the eyebrows. I so I actually know her horse because we board at the same barn. <laughs> okay. and Does yes, he have eyebrows? Yes. And I will say, so her horse's name is Prada. <laughs> and Prada Marie is just as sassy and like wants to be free, but also becomes very willing with the right person. So hands down, I agree. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, a Dakota blonde, Malibu Barbie, because she has great hair and has a golden palomino. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, let's see. The Durbet's Farm. Coco Chanel, kindred spirits with the same name. Fine. Excellent. I and like a little that crown one. emoji. Oh, this is a good one. This is like a, this feels like a deep cut back to like 2000s <laughs> fantasy films. But, uh, oh, shoot, I lost. There it is. Uh, probably Carly. Not quite a celebrity, but Duck is definitely Pippin. Goofy loves food and only looks confident. I love that. Yes, that is her horse. So uh, Carly is an auditor of ours and a good friend of mine. And her horse, Duck, he's a BML Mustang. And yes, I would agree. Pippin makes a lot of sense. Also, I feel like if you told him that you were leaving him behind, he would show up anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't you leave me. Yeah. Now I want to go watch Lord of the Rings again. So thanks for that, listeners. I thought this was such a fun question, though. Oh, this is like always my favorite thought experiment to do. So, and actually, yeah, I guess our horse Gandalf can hang out with uh, Carly's horse Duck because Gandalf is Gandalf. So that's an easy one. Well, it sounds like Duck's just going to show up and not be left behind. Duck will just be like, wait for me, Gandalf. So perfect. All right, listeners, if you would like to participate in our extremely random, but very important for science uh, listener polls and social ideas, uh, give us a follow at Retired Racehorse Radio and keep an eye on our story because that's where we post all of these shenanigans. Well, it is that time of the episode where we are meeting with new vocations and we have Leandra Cooper on with us today. Welcome back, Leandra. Well, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining us. I can't believe it's been four years for an episode 99. It's wild. How is that possible? I don't even know. We're like time. We just can't stop talking is what it is. That's it. Well, I've thought it was Tuesday three times this week already. So clearly time is not a concept that I've fully grasped yet. What people forget in the outside (laughs) world is there's real world time and there's barn time and barn time. It doesn't really exist. You know, one hour in the real world is, or I should say one hour in the barn is like four or five hours in the real world. This reminds me time travelers. This is like, I don't know if you guys have seen the Ant-Man Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, then you should. I'm a big Marvel fan, but it's like the quantum realm, like even just like different levels of reality here. So the barn level is definitely like its own level. It's so (laughs) true. Not reality. (laughs) It's no, definitely like I kind not of feel a little bit like Doctor Who sometimes. Like I'm just yes. like traveling through dimensions. No, that's it. The barn. <laughs> we have this shared experience, so clearly it's the truth. Yes, clearly. <laughs> There's science behind it, and we're going to discover it. It's going to be life-changing for all of us. And it's going to make your non-horsey partners more empathetic of why you're not home on time. <laughs> exactly. And if we could just find a way to validate that our lives are like Marvel movies, it would make me very happy. Truth. So true. I know that's not exactly what we're here to discuss, but oh, I shoot. feel seen. So thank you, Andrea. <laughs> um, but I do have a training question for you today. And it it might seem like a simple one, but I think it could help a lot of people at the end of the day. We all know the importance of picking our horse's feet, having their feet handled for the farrier, all those things. But how can someone help their horse feel comfortable if they don't like to pick their feet up? Or what are some reasons a horse might not want to pick their feet up? That is a very good one. It's simple, but there are so many different ways to view that too. Because, and I'll start with a little anecdote that I so appreciate now the schooling that I had that started as a kid and noticing and just like gaining the whole concept of horsemanship. But we we're taught that if you do nothing else than getting your horse ready, like pick their feet, because if the horse doesn't have their feet in good working function, if they sprung a shoe, if something's wrong, then you, you know, there's kind of no point in doing the rest of it. So, and I learned that lesson the hard way too, when I had like a horse who had lost a shoe when I watched the lesson and I was picking his feet out before I went to the ring. And I realized that the whole thing was botched. So always, always pick your horse's feet, even if it's hard, but there generally are kind of understandable reasons that they're hard when that, when that happens. So there can be kind of the horse side and the human side. Um, fortunately from an ex-race horse standpoint, the horse are typically I find very used to having your feet picked up. So then when I see issues, it tends to be the human side issues. Um, like somebody not really asking the horse properly or the horses very often are used to having their feet picked from just the left side. That's something, a little parlor trick that you might see. Um, you know, one of us in the barn who works with exclusively x-ray horses um, doing that most people aren't used to where you can, you generally start with that left front and then go to right front. And then this is where like, depending on who has worked with the horse, they, the horse might go then naturally to pick up its right hind or its left hind, but they kind of have like an order in their head. It's like muscle memory to them. So sometimes like if they get confused, it would be like, if you're asking them for their hind, like where they're like, well, hold on, uh, 
I don't, I don't pick up my hind leg first. So sometimes it's like the, just the mental glitch part of like learning a different routine, but typically they have had their feet picked up. So I would say then go back to the basics. Like I've seen a lot of people kind of forget the elementary things that we might learn when we're learning how to groom and tack up. And I would say, um, you know, very fundamentally like leaning into the horse's shoulder is going to help you to get them to shift their weight off the leg, which they need to do in order to pick up the leg just mechanically. So kind of positioning yourself, so you're facing the tail and leaning, you, leaning your shoulder into their leg and shoulder, or if it's in the hind end into their haunch. Um, it also puts you in a really good position to not get kicked because um, when you're in that close proximity and you have the your body against them, even if they are uncomfortable or they have a reflex, um, chances are you're not going to find yourself in a position where you're really getting kicked. Um, you might just have them kind of like in the hind end. We see this a lot. Um, if a horse has really tight gluteal muscles, which a lot of them coming right from the track, or if they're just young and they have weird growth spurts do. Um, and you can see that from what's called the poverty groove line or the little, um, kind of looks like a contour line by their rump, um, that that will be very defined. Um, the muscles will feel really hard. All that's really common in a horse who's transitioning from the track, which has that really quick trigger muscles, those tight muscles versus the long lean muscles that we see more on the sport horses. Um, in other disciplines, when you would see a rounder figure, but you'll see these kind of like muscle built streamlined horses. And so with those, especially the young ones, right, coming off the track, if they have those tight muscles back there and you're asking them to hold that leg up, that it can be uncomfortable and you can see them um, kick out, which some people will interpret as the horse trying to kick them. And what generally they're really trying to do is become more comfortable. It's kind of like, I imagine like a Charlie horse where you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, you know, and then a lot of times you can ask again, what I really like to do in that situation is actually ask them for a stretch. That's what I like to do too. Yeah. Extending that hawk so that their toe touches the ground, um, and just let them rest like that. And sometimes you'll see the horses then respond by dropping their hips and like actually go to have a release. Um, so it's really about understanding that so that we can guide them through that and not just kind of personifying it and thinking that they're trying to attack us in any way. Um, so generally I, I would say like, that's probably the number one thing with the X resources is understanding that a lot of times they're used to working from one side of their body. So it might just take them a second and then kind of properly asking and then understanding where they're coming from. And then, you know, if a horse has an abscess and that's very painful, like they're not going to want to put weight on that. So if you're asking for them to take, to pick up their other foot and they're like, well, I don't want to put weight on the opposite foot. Um, you know, they, they might not want to. So I would just always say by default, um, look for the message that they're sending you. They're generally trying to talk to us all the time. It's just a matter of us listening. And, um, when things go wrong, especially with horses who have the experience and the handling of coming off the track, um, to look for why that a reason for it, um, and just be patient and, and listen for the answer, which is part of the patience thing, because again, they're generally trying to give us that information. It's just a matter of understanding it. I love that. That is such a good reminder. And especially if your horse is typically pretty good at picking their feet up and all of a sudden they're not, there's probably something 
pain related going on or um, just some sort of uncomfortability. And I think we can forget because we rush trying to get to our lessons or get to the clinic or whatever we're trying to do. So slowing down and being really conscious of how our horses are feeling important. Easier said than done sometimes, but absolutely. I'm guilty of it too, for sure. And I have to remind (laughs) myself. But um, speaking of horses with little contoured butts, let's look at Slaminate, <laughs> our horse, our adoptable horse of the week, because he is super cute and looks super fit and ready to go. Yes. I love him. Good choice, Leander. Yeah. So well, thank you. Well, he's a really good example of a horse who is right in that intermediate phase of being kind of still streamlined and racy looking, but also starting to be a little bit rounder. And we actually just posted a new video of him riding, which I need to connect to his profile. So by the time anyone's listening, it will be done. Um, but Slamming it, who we call Duncan, which is also touches close to my heart because we spell it Duncan like Dunkin' Donuts, which I guess is really yeah. just Duncan now anyway. Um, but I'm I grew up outside of Boston. So for me, that's just like a nostalgic thing anyway. I love it. <laughs> I do love it. Time. But it was seemed appropriate with his name too. So that's what we call him. But he's still really young. So he's a 2020 baby, which really puts him at three years old. And he is, um, you know, by his actual birth date, not even three yet. So we kind of have to still consider them at this point of the year to be like young trees. Mm-hmm. And um, he just has so much more ahead of him. We're really excited to see where he goes and everything. Because even in his picture, as you can tell, he's just a, a tiny bit butt high, but he is a horse who comes from a really nice breeding. And I can just see him leveling out kind of perfectly but he has this really beautiful flowy stride to him. Um, In the newest video, you'll see, especially in comparison to the first ride video, the development he's already made, but he just has this build and the personality to kind of go in a million different directions. He's also a horse who just had one start and his last race was just at the end of November. So not that long ago, um, just didn't show any talent as a racehorse, which is a great reason, you know, as far as what people are looking for, uh, he just didn't show the talent and his donors recognized that and were able to send him to us to start transitioning. But this is a horse who like goes around barefoot and hasn't had any, uh, hasn't had a need to need to put shoes on him. So that's always kind of like pipe dream status where we will keep them like that as long as they can. and. Just in general, a horse who has really stepped up to every challenge. He was a little bit more fussy when we first started him under saddle and has really settled in and enjoys what he does. So I think just as far as next steps, like any challenge you put in front of him, I think that he's just going to tackle with all the zeal in his body. So I'm just really excited to see where he goes. I think he's going to be really one to watch. And definitely if you're in the market for a horse, this is the time to do it because not only will you have great prospects like Duncan, but we also have a adoption fee special going on right now. So all of our adoption fees are $500 off. And that means that a horse like Slamming It is just $3,000, whereas he would be in that top tier of our adoption fees before. So you're already getting a discount, which might help with some transport fees or whatnot. But really, I mean, especially in the market that we have now, it's a steal for a horse like this who's just got nothing but potential in front of him. So absolutely. Yeah. He's going to glow up too. Like I know, like, yeah, quote unquote, plain bay, but he has a lot of presence. 
just yeah. looking at these pictures. He and does. he's my shaman ghost. I've been interested to see what those offspring look like. So right? have you run into a lot of those? He's the first. Okay. Okay. And shaman ghost is by ghost zapper question mark. Yes. I think. And mm-hmm. that's like super sought after for sport horses. So yeah. this is very like can, can tell this horse yeah. would do well probably in either eventing the hunter ring. He's just got a really nice build, even though he is slightly butt high right now. He's gonna yeah. you can tell he's gonna fill out really oh, he's nicely. He's gonna be so cool, like when he's yeah. four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Oh man. And he's got yes. a very soft but inquisitive eye. Like looking through his photos, you can tell he's taking it all in, but he yes. doesn't look like he's overly reactive. No, not at all. He has this kind of like calm, cool look to him. And that's that's kind of how he is. Like he's hot shot, but he also isn't really showy, but he has the presence of it. It's like the cool confidence. Um, and he definitely, I mean, I think that he's going to look just like Shaman Ghost, who is stunning, um, but he just has that same kind of striking features and definition and um, just a cool horse. But even, even in his plain Bay demeanor, like you said, I mean, he just has this really striking presence to him. Mm-hmm. And just as soon as he starts moving, like, especially what we've seen in his growth already. I'm like, this, you can't help, but look at this horse when he's going and he's, he's yeah. still so young. It's like, he still has no idea where his legs are most of the time. So it's only going to get better. And I'm looking, I was like, Oh, he'd be such a nice dressage prospect. I know typically you want them more upright than slightly downhill, but eh, he'll catch up. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm not personally worried about it. Cause just looking at his movement here in his video. And I know you have another video. I think you're uploading. I I'm just thoroughly impressed of how well he moves under himself and how softly, despite his size, he's not massive. He's 16 hands, but that still is a baby. That's a lot to worry about where your legs are. And he's doing a great job. Well, and if you look at the video too, and especially I'll say in the one where that I'm just about to post, but he's like all legs too. Mm-hmm. So it's like this horse is going to fill out to be a big, big presence because he's, he's already look like, like a warm blood. Yeah. He's, he's that like bigger bone, but he, yeah, I think this is one who just like, we're seeing the the very first bit of, of all that there is to him. So, oh, yeah. and even that's kind of a, a good look. Yeah, I'm going to say oh, something so controversial cool. and it's Ooh. I don't want to adopt this horse because I think he'd be wasted on me. So somebody <laughs> with more skills than me should take this one. I'm like, I really, I'm probably going to pass into my trainer. I'm like, you need to look at this yeah. horse because she's an eventer. And I really think he would look great in the eventing circuit. Yeah, though that said, he would be a cute little ranch horse, wouldn't he? Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's like, I have thought about this so many different ways and like he could go in so many different directions where I would look at him and I'd be like... I could see a nice jumper out of him where I'm like, he's a little bit flatter knee and he can like get that daisy cutter movement. I mean, there, I'm just in like covering the ground. Feel like you can go trot some fence lines and round some cows up with this too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Closing the video. Been, she's been sold. So, yeah, but he's done. super cute. So like check out slamming it. He's on horseadoption.com as well as all the other horses who are up for adoption. If you're looking and you're like, maybe a 16 hand bay is not what I'm ready for. They have something for you, guaranteed. So check out horseadoption.com. And that $500 off special is only good till March 20th. So you got 10 days by the time you hear this. 10 days to select your horse. Don't worry. We've made decisions in less time. We know you've been there. (laughs) Leandra, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And can't wait to have you again. Well, thank you as usual. And looking forward to next time. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio.
Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at therp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye.